You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results. We interview your favourite riders. It's the Always Moto Podcast. We occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If you don't like it or you don't agree with us, turn it off right now. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans, I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 56 of the Always Moto podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan, and we'll be joined later in the show by the Always Moto contractor, Ben Grinley. As always, I don't know what's happened, but the paycheck still hasn't made its way there. This is the Always Moto Podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick because that's what a physio does, apparently. As always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week's show, we'll be talking about Super Motocross from Glendale, Always Moto Fantasy League, the Super Motocross Emergency Department update as we head to another East Coast round at Atlanta, and we'll have our weekly product inspection section. Now, big thanks to our show sponsors, Slantboard Guy. Don't forget, we have that affiliate deal in place with them. Slantboard Guy has offered a 10% discount for all Always Moto podcast listeners. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym, improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of equipment is for you. Trust me, I've been using it a lot. It is fantastic. It helps with those leg exercises in the gym, those squats, those deadlifts, uh, lunges, Calf raises, stretching of calves, they're all working out on this piece of equipment. It's awesome. The code to save is always moto in lowercase at checkout. Now, similarly, if with your training, if you need to recover to do your training better, well, you need to use endurance recovery boots. We've been using these boots now for a few weeks. We're going to have an always moto inspection on them here shortly. Um, you need to be recovered before each and every session to get the best out of your next effort. These boots are a compression boot. They blow up. They they compress on your legs they make you feel really nice when you come out of them check them out the the code to save is always moto in lowercase at checkout now on to a slightly different topic tech 167 3d printing if you need to do some maintenance on your bike holding a funnel just adds another complexity to it if you this is such a cool piece of um, equipment it's a 3d printed threaded funnel that fits into your oil cap which means no mess Um, you can check these products out in the show links below there is a special code for these guys and it's always moto at checkout and that will get you a little saving um, and it'll show that where you're where you're coming from to get that uh, information to purchase from tech 167 so thanks to those guys our funnel is continuing to be used and it's holding strong it's it's an awesome piece of kit. Once you see it and what's, how it works, it's so simple. It's so awesome. 
As always, we need the show support direct as well. We still have our show merch available to help support the show. We have our Always Moto t-shirts. They're $25 plus postage and handling. Please check them out. Um, show your support of the podcast and get a t-shirt to rock at the race. Email us at info at alwaysmoto.com. Put t-shirt order in the subject line. Send through the size and we'll send you through the payment details via PayPal and a delivery date. Now, on the sizing, go up a size or two. There are a small make shirts. So go up a size or two and you'll be happy with your purchase. If you want to um, support the show direct as well, please send a donation to our Always Moto PayPal account. Drop a message or a question in the show notes, uh, in the notes there of that uh, that deposit, uh, and we'll read it out live on the show. Um, to find all of our supporters and all of the links, follow the links in our show notes or in our bio on social media pages, and that'll get you straight to these wonderful products, and you can find out more. Things like our YouTube page, which you should subscribe to, um, and the podcast feed, which you should also subscribe to. All right, enough with that intro talk. Let's jump into the show. It's Lorenzo Locurcio. You're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. Lorenzo Locurcio aquí. Estamos en el Always Moto Podcast. Escúchalo. All right, we're jumping straight into the show today. Uh, welcome on the line, Benny. How are we doing, mate? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Now, uh, just we're only a couple of days late, but let's go straight to it, shall we? Was it 28, 29? How old are you now? 29 this year. Oh, mate. One more in your dirty 30s. It's a wonderful time of your life to be alive. Yeah, one, one more year. So 12 months away. <laughs> yeah, don't rush it, all right? Don't, don't get there too quick. But uh, any any <sighs> special, uh, anything, you know, of note there for, for the birthday presents, mate, or just the usual shit, you know, socks and undies? Um, yeah, no, just the usual stuff, but, uh, I will say you gave me a pretty good birthday present, actually. I was just going to say, I'll claim that as a present now as, in, you know, just to, in case you think I missed something there. Yeah. I will claim that as a present for the, uh, for the room down at, uh, WSX for Melbourne. We're all booked in for that. That's pretty exciting too. I'm, I forgot to mention that in, in our pre-chat before the show. Yeah, no, it is exciting. And yes, that's, uh, I do appreciate that. That's a pretty cool present. Yeah, no, look, I've, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm hoping this will be a bigger event. I had an awesome time last year, um, you know, just being in the pits, talking to everybody, meeting all these, you know, weird and wonderful teams that joined into the World Supercross. And I shouldn't say weird and wonderful, but it was weird at that point to meet some of the French guys and, and all that sort of stuff with the, the language barrier. That was fun. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. And yeah, you get to be a part of it, hopefully all under the Always Moto banner this time, mate. Yeah, well, I uh, yeah, I was just a spectator last year, um, and that was yeah, that was the first time that we I'd talked to you before that. But that was the first time that we met, and then uh, yeah, hopefully this year we'll have our uh, media passes and get to get the listeners some uh, cool stuff to look at and listen to. Yeah, that's the aim, man. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's a shame it's so far away in November, but anyway, we'll we'll get there eventually. All right, let's. Uh Let's jump into the weekend's uh, racing. So last weekend was at Glendale. It was a triple crown. Uh, we had Eli win. We had Jet win. Uh, Eli's now 51 wins in his career, a tally for Supercross wins. I pointed this out on Twitter when uh, uh, Pulp MX had their, you know, tweet at tits or whatever segment it is, but they didn't read it out, and I'm a bit pissed about it because I wanted to hear some people's thoughts on this one, but... Of Eli's 51 wins, seven of them are now triple crown overalls. And I didn't know how everybody felt about that. If it's a true 
resemble you know a true reflection of of the results and if you can really compare that with you know James's and Ricky's win tally at this point in time yeah that's an interesting one I never hadn't really thought about it but I mean I could see him winning another seven races anyway I was going to say that too because uh, you could really see that happening and if he wins seven more races that aren't triple crowns or even just you know three or four that then put him past the the numbers of those other, you know, Ricky and James. Well, it doesn't matter, does it? But right now at this point in time, that's what's making him in front of James and Ricky. Uh, yeah. And it's a tough one. Like, I mean, you've got, so what's that? That's three, you know, three races every time, three starts, you know, the consequences as we've seen can be pretty bad from starts. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to look at. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure how I feel about that. Yeah. I was a bit the same. I just sort of, I'm, I, I, Eli deserves all the credit. Don't get me wrong. He's won 51 of these things as an overall scenario. It just seemed a little bit early to be doing that final comparison on, on Ricky and James that he's passed them with those other seven events, not being a traditional you know, 20 lap or 20 minute main event. And even you could argue that too, because Ricky and James did all of theirs as 20 lap races. Uh, whereas some of these ones for Eli are going to be 20 minute plus one races. So a little bit different scenario on both sides of the coins there. It'd be nice to hear from the audience if they had any thoughts on that side of things as to whether they are okay with it, whether they see it as the similar thing where, you know, he needs to win seven more of the normal rounds and, and then it won't matter anyway. So, yeah, let's let's see what the listeners have to say during the week if they uh, pick up on that after listening to, to the podcast here. All right, next one on the list here. Um, Jet Lawrence finally gets it done at a Triple Crown, mate. Yeah, it's about time. He, uh, I mean, he's been close. Don't, you know, don't think he hasn't been close. But, yeah, to finally get that um, overall and... Get it off his back. I think uh, him and the team were pretty stoked to yeah get that one out of the way. Yeah, obviously that was a nice one just to tick off that box to say, yeah, I finally did that. You know, you can stop talking about it. Uh, I don't think it was a real problem. He, he definitely had the speed. He was close plenty of times, just, you know, occasional caught up in a couple of messes here and there. So it's fine. It's all good. But on that, he's won that now. He's won every pretty much every other event except one this year. And well, he got second, third in that one. Uh, overall so on and and just for jet and and even for hunter's side of things can we just call both 250 coast now it's it's kind of boring yeah it is and you know did we i think next week is the showdown so that will be interesting how that goes down i think hunter got the last one um but yeah they're pretty much just you know having another training day out there while they're racing that's what it seemed like the last few times. So maybe, look, there's still the chance of mechanicals and injuries and all that sort of business. But I just feel like even now these guys can can sort of maybe button off just that 1% or 2% and, and just be in that, you know, consistent speed range and they've got it done. You know, th- there should be no need to push anything for either of them now. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm quite happy to call it now and move on. Well, you got Hunter is 35 points up and Jet's 26 points up. So, 
you know, like you said, things can happen, but that's a pretty fast stretch for anyone to catch up to them. So, yeah, I'd be fine with calling it now. Yeah, we're not biased at all being Aussies either. Let's give the two Aussie guys the titles early. Yeah, let's do it. Right. Yeah, that's right. A couple of big ones this weekend. Uh, Christian Craig obviously had the biggest of the weekend. Um, we'll talk a bit more about his injuries in the emergency department, but do you find it interesting that Christian Craig has not been the same guy on a 450 in the whoops as he was on a Monster Energy Star racing Yamaha on the 250 class the previous year? Yeah, look, I think if he's on the Star Yamaha on a 450, I think his season is completely different. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Um, yeah, I think I just that those Austrian bikes are like they're good bikes, don't get me wrong, but they just cannot go through whoops. And every uh, every rider, whether it's Husqvarna, KTM, or Gascast, struggles in the whoops. And I think you put him back on the Yamaha or any other bike, I think he's fine. I'm in agreement, and I just I can't see what they you know what the Husky KDM Gas Gas Group can do to rectify this for guys like Christian and Malcolm who were who were sensational whoop riders, um, but aren't quite that now that they're on their bikes. And you have to just like it's not just the first time Christian crashed. Go back to I think it was was it A one or A two? He crashed in the whoops. Yeah, I think it was A two. Um, you know, so there's been multiple times that he's had issues in the whoops and I don't think he had one single, even half a movement sideways on the 250 Yamaha the year before. So there's something to this conversation and I don't know if there's anything that will happen differently or not, but obviously Christian's got a two-year deal. He's not probably going to break that out, but I wonder if he's wondering, you know, wishing that he could try something different there. Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say he probably would be. You know, he's in everything I've heard him say. You know, he's fine in the whoops on that bike. But uh, from me looking in and watching the broadcast and everything else, I can't agree with that. Yeah, the crashes is the evidence that says otherwise. So anyway, let's leave that one there. Jason Anderson had a crash in the whoops as well. Um, bit of a awkward off the bike, hit himself on the bike, fall into the hole of the of the, the whoops. Um, I, I've got a – this one and Matt Moss's crash, um, I've got a bit of a feeling both of them sort of rang their bell a little bit. They were both a bit slow to get up and both had a little bit of a stagger around and sort of walk funny. I think Mossy was more so that his uh, visor was over his face. Um, but, uh, yeah, just something there to those ones. And I, I don't think – I haven't heard anything from either of them. Um, reached out to both of them. Mossy's been pretty good in, in returning contact recently, but he is back in the country. He is back uh, riding again uh, on a Yamaha again. Funny enough, he rode a Suzuki on the weekend, riding a Yamaha on Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was that he was back in Australia. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, I think the Anderson crash, and, you know, he's had quite a few this year, um, and compared to last year, uh it hasn't been great, but yeah, I think both of them had a good knock. Um, but like, like we always say, they won't tell us. They'll just be banged up or something like that. Yeah, we won't. They, won't uh, but tell yeah, us I, they don't want to be on concussion protocol again. That's the that's yeah. The it goes. Yeah, but I think uh, yeah, I think they both had a a decent hit, and um, yeah, the whoops have claimed you know, claim riders all the time, but that's some 
pretty big names on that night to all go down. And uh, RJ even nearly went down too. That was a very sketchy moment oh, that he, he had. Close. So he, uh, yeah, he got pretty lucky as well. Mm, yeah, no, he was very close. So I think when you when the season's over and I get to compile these uh, this data that I've been collecting across the year for crashes and and the injuries. Uh, I think we're going to find the whoops are the big culprit to most of the problems that we've had this year. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays out. But that's what I'm feeling at this stage as watching all these things go down. So, yeah, a bit of an interesting one to see in a couple of weeks' time when I can put all that data together. Now, on injury stats and, and making it through a season with injuries and stuff, some interesting comments this week through about Adam Cincerulo and him making it the furthest he's ever made it in a Supercross season if he races this weekend, which I thought was pretty funny. Like, not funny haha that he's been injured, but just slightly humorous that he's this is the furthest he's made it in his 450 career so far. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I'm a big AC fan, but he's also missed two races. So, yeah, does that count? You know, <laughs> does it, yeah, how, how does that count? You know, I'm sure that, you know, he'll make another two or make it to the end, but even when he does make it to the end, that's still 15 out of 17. So yeah. it's still not a full season. But he really is yeah. if he had another injury or something, he misses the last two or something, because then that sort of just conf- reaffirms the, the issues he's having in the 450 class from injuries. Yeah, but in saying that, he has looked a lot better uh, since he had that little two race break. And um, I'll be interested to see how he goes this, this weekend with this track being a little bit more um, sort of outdoorsy a supercross track so uh yeah i'm interested to see how he goes but yeah i'm not sure if that counts when you yeah you miss two races yeah i actually i've just remembered i had a bit of a funny chat this week back and forth with uh lewis phillips and then zach osborne got involved on twitter about some comments that they made on um moto 60 show lewis and steve mathers there um about the fact that ac was looking better than he had been and that they were surprised that he was better coming back from injury than he was before the injury. And I find that quite humorous that they thought that there was no way that he should have been better after taking a couple of weeks off um, to, to rehab an injury. And they also were sort of making the point that, well, you can't be better if you're not riding. And I was like, well, you certainly can be better if you get away with move away from all the pain that you might be dealing with and the weakness that you might be dealing with. Of course you're going to ride faster when you come back from the injury. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. Just while I'm on my platform, I can say whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, the the rumour is that he came into the season with that. Um, you know, you mentioned that he was wearing the, the wrist brace um, when he came back, but um, there was talk about that happening, you know, pre-season. So... Mm. Who knows? Yeah, all that was missed on that on those uh, those comments that I made to to Lewis. That seemed to all go under the bridge. It wasn't fitting his narrative, so I don't think he liked what I was commenting on. But it's a pretty obvious point from my side of the fence. But anyway, all right, let's uh, make a quick point here for all of our Aussie listeners. Uh, with the shift this week being at, to Atlanta, an East Coast round, and it's actually a day race. I uh, just wanted to let you guys in on what time it's all going to be on the Supercross Live uh, app to watch it for the international viewers there. Now, Race Day Live is actually going to start at 11.30 p.m. Eastern time, so New South Wales time, I'm quoting. So anybody other states, check your own times here. But it's 11.30 p.m. on Saturday night. And then the racing coverage is actually going to start at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning. So 
It's either going to be a late night or an early start or both for anybody who's trying to watch those two sections there. Yeah, well, Race Day Live will go till, you know, 1, 2 o'clock maybe, even later than that. And then, what, you might get two, three hours sleep and then bang back up 5 o'clock. But uh, that's what we're all here for. We're all diehard Supercross fans. So um, I'll I'll be doing both, I can tell you that. Oh, good. Oh. Yep, well done. Yep, sure, sure. <laughs> Well, I'll probably be up at like 4.30 at least so that I can make sure that the uh, the Fantasy League tips are in. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. You need them in, you know, just to keep beating me even more. Well, that's, yeah, I'm glad you recognise the talent when you see it. So, yeah, it's good. All right. In other news too, uh, this weekend we'll see round three of the Ospro Motocross kicking off um, at Wodonga. Now, I've made a little point about it being, you know, big whoop. Um it's kind of been a, the series that's sort of been floating around in the background for me. I don't know about you, Benny, but um, it's there. It's happening. It's great, but I'm not keeping that big of an eye on it, unfortunately. The Supercross in the in the States is, is more interesting. Even the MXGPs is more interesting for me at this point in time. Yeah, no, I, um, I was actually going to go because it's only three hours from me. So uh, I did think about going, but there is chances of rain. Um, and that has already rained uh, here, so that will mean that it has rained down there, and they usually get a lot more than what we get. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure I want to go and stand in uh, cold, wet weather on Sunday, so I think I'll uh, I'll watch Supercross in the morning, and then there won't be anything conflicting later on in the afternoon when it's on, so uh, I might sit down and watch it. But, yeah, it has... Um, it's yeah, been in the background a bit for me as well. You know, Supercross is a bit more, you know, it's bigger. It's, you know, we've got the fantasy chat going on and everything. So sort of just paying more attention to that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a bit in the background. But like you said, maybe because this weekend is not going to conflict, we'll be able to get on Stan uh, Sport there and, and watch it. And um, you know, actually get up to date with what's happening in in those classes. I did actually run into uh, Metcalf at uh, Formula One last week when I was there for the Melbourne GP. He was there. They had a had a stand for World Supercross, and Medi was there doing the promotion for the event. So that was cool. Caught up with him. But um, yeah, outside of that, I've been not too deep on the Oz Pro Motocross. But we'll we'll see what happens this Sunday afternoon when I've got some time to actually watch it. All right, let's uh, let's jump over into the fantasy league, the Always Motor Fantasy League there on Pulp MX. Been going strong this year, uh, and uh, despite another terrible round for myself, I still managed to pick up the W over the contractor, which was awesome, uh, and extended my lead a little bit in the overall positions of, for, between the two of us in the overall standings. And you got anything to say for yourself, Benny? Uh, I think it was one of those coulda, woulda, shoulda weekends. Um, as pretty close between us, uh, wasn't a great weekend for points. I don't think, uh, just, yeah, very unlucky with maybe one or two, but yeah, could have, would have, should have. Now there's, there's plenty of chat going on, continuing to go on in our always motor fantasy league chat on Instagram. So feel free to DM me or Benny at, uh, Benny at Grino 22, um, to join that league. It's continuing to, to go on. Um, and we'll jump in there in a sec because I'm actually going to pull out a number for our random prize from there. Um, but, yeah, jump into that chat. It's, it's awesome, the, the, the conversations that are going on on race day and all week with some of the, you know, the videos that get dropped in there at times from, from around the world to, um, to watch crashes and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, it's good time in there. 
But let's talk about the scores now. So my overall score is 2,721. I'm currently 33rd. I've dropped a fair bit since we mentioned these uh, positions the other couple of weeks uh, in the overall position for the league. But 33rd's okay. Um, Benny, you're on 2,525 uh, 2, uh, for 66th overall. It's a bit rough, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit rough, but I am beating Clinton Fowler, so uh, that's that's a plus. Oh, good old Fowler's facts. You're in front of him. Nice work, mate. That's a, that's impressive. I'll take that one. Yeah, that's the only thing I've uh, got going for me at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you got your team from Glendale? Let's run through why you had such a bad weekend. Righto, so I got 192 points. Now, when you were on 196, I think it was. 196. So, yeah, so we were close. But this here, this is where, and we did get a little bit screwed over with the red flag. But So I had Jet Lawrence and AC for first to the finish line. Jet got that, and then they took it away. So that there is 14 points that I missed out on because I chose to, you know, I chose to go for that. So that's, you know, that would have got me the dub over you if I hadn't done them. Mm -hmm. And that's where the coulda, woulda, shoulda came in. So when you add them in, that's what what you miss out on. But um, Mossy got me 26 points. I'm not sure what happened in that first uh, moto. Uh, I think he went into the mechanics area from what I've heard. Uh, so ended up getting me 26 points. Now, Styles Robinson, that was really unlucky. Um, I think he just fell off and then ended up getting hit, which is what uh, broke his leg, so I've heard. Yeah, yeah, that's so yeah. two points from him, which um, isn't ideal, and I had uh, Derek Kelly sitting in his spot before, probably two minutes before timeout. Uh, so I'm kicking myself after that. Carson Mumford got me 28 points and Levi Kitchen got me 26 points. So, yeah, it's not too bad, but Styles, uh, yeah, Styles really, really killed it. Well, we pretty much had exactly the same team there. But we had different – you had uh – uh, would you say kitchen? I've got Lopes, but we both got 26 points for that. So we've got exactly the same 250 points at this point. So what happened for your 450? Uh, so uh, AC got me 34 points. Kenny got me the full 26 points uh, for the All-Star. Kevin Moran's got me 28 points and uh, Shane McElrath got me 36 points. So my 450 team's not bad. It's just, uh, yeah, the styles. The styles and the the FFL uh, 14-point takeaway is what killed me. Yeah, fair enough. Well, look, for my 450 team, I had Freddie Noren that got me 30. I had Eli Tomac as the All-Star. I got me 26. I had Grant Harlan get me 26, which isn't much for Grant. That was a bit of a rough round for him. Um, and I had Benny Bloss with 32. So I didn't have a great team considering it was a triple crown and you're supposed to get more points at a triple crown. But anyway, it, it is what it is. Let's uh, let's hope for a better round this week and let's talk about our teams for Atlanta. Um, I'll go first. I've got my 250 team up. I'm going to go with the uh, Atlanta superstar, Nate Thrasher, at a three handicap. Um, I've gone for two outdoor specialist or more specialist people here with Henry Miller at a four and Jeremy Hand at a five. Uh, and then I've thrown in Caden Braswell at an eight at this stage. But I'm going to check on Caden's uh, 
qualifying times before I uh, lock him into my team because he's a bit of a hit and miss on the main events at this stage in his career. He's only made a couple of them so far this season. What about yourself, Benny? What's your 250 team? So at the moment, I've got uh, I've got Jordan Smith as my all-star. Okay. Um, he and Nate Thrasher, you know, they're both same, same, but different. Um, and I feel like more people are going to lead towards Thrasher. So if something happens and I'm on the opposite side of the Thrasher problem, then, you know, I'll be happy. But there's always a problem with Smith too, so we'll see. <laughs> um, I've got Joe Shimoda at a minus two. Uh, but as you just said with Braswell, uh, it's, I think it'll be between those two. Uh, I just want to see how Joe does – and keeping in mind that next weekend he, um, in the showdown, he could be a really good pick next weekend. That's what I was so saving that's... Joe for. I think he'll have a better, like he'll have a round under his belt and then he's potentially able to run with all of those guys in podium. Um, so, yeah, I think he's better off next week. But that's just my opinion. Don't, don't listen to me. I, I want people to pick him this week and then they can't pick him next week. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> anyway, then I've got Marshall Welton because he's a bit better outdoors than uh, in Supercross. Yeah. Um, but that'll be a watch and see as well because sometimes he's uh, not that great. And then I've got uh, Hardy Munoz at a nine as my last rider. Uh, and if we all think back to that Daytona race a few years ago, um, in I think he whole shot, what, three LCQs because it kept getting red flagged. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you just know that he's uh, he's going to go go his hardest. So, uh, and he didn't do too bad on the outdoor tracks either. So uh, he's in there at the moment. Okay, fair enough. All right, so let's go four fifty team. I'm going to go in. I've got I'm picking Chase Sexton for an all star here at a one. I like my chances with Chase at at this big open track round. I think you'll have a decent. You'll uh, probably be fastest qualifier for sure. Um, I'm going to go Adam Cincerulo at a minus one. I think he's on for at least the sixth or seventh position. And then my last two are my question marks. I've got Colt Nichols at a three and Shane McElrath at a seven. And those two will be pending qualifying positions. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's all right. So what's your 450 team, mate? Um, So at the moment, I've got AP as my all-star. Oh, okay, um, sure. Yeah, he's, you know, I'm just, I don't want to be on the receiving end of picking either Tomac, Webb or Sexton and something happening because my luck, that's what will happen. So I'm going to try and steer away from that. Um, but again, I'll see uh, see how AP goes on the weekend. Uh, I've got Cheers, Chase Marquier, and at the moment I've got John Short. So Chase is a, a 16, and there's a few guys out now. You've got Craig out. Um, Cole Sealy's not racing, so there's going to be a few spots for these, you know, LCQ guys. And Chase has been pretty close the last few weeks, so uh, I've got him. Right? Yeah, and the worst part is is that they uh, said this in the uh, Pulp Max Fantasy uh, pod this morning, so it sort of looks like I'm copying it, but um, yeah, anyway, that's I, I was thinking that already before 
I listened to that, so I'm just going to take it as that. That's my idea. <laughs> own it, mate. Just own it. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, let's let's see how we go again. We're going to have a, a – hopefully it'll be a better week for both of us, but hopefully I still get the dub over the top of you. Uh, and so we need to pick – so let's – quick sponsors uh, for the Fantasy League uh, uh, plug here. So let's go with uh, – so Coastal Motorcycle Centre is going to be one of our overall prize winners. We haven't had any of those prizes for the random prizes yet. Goat Brand MX was a prize uh, just gone this week, which we'll talk about in a sec, but there they are, knee brace socks that we've given away. Um, Thor MX Australia has got a pair of goggles, which are going to be in the overall prizes. Michelin Australia has got a set of tubes that are going to be in the overall prizes. Uh, Ringmaster Images, we gave away their gloves uh, at round 10, I think it was. Uh, and Helltech Australia is hopefully going to be an overall prize. Maybe this time they might just be in for the overall for the series, uh, for the the whole series, the SX, MX, SMX. We'll see how they go with their product development. Uh, and Bolt Everywhere, we've given away... A pair of gloves are theirs already, and we've got another set up this week for grabs. Uh, and we need – we've popped a message into our chat league here. Let's see what we've come out with as a number. Oh, God, I'm going to have to scroll back past all these numbers. Here we go. Well, all right, Benny, you, uh, you get the last pick. We've got 35, 41, or 11. Pick one of those three for me, mate. What was it? 35. 41 or 11. Um, let's go 41. All right. 45, whatever it was. 41. Yeah, 41. Yep, 41. Yeah. All right, 41 it is. We'll give those uh, back markers a bit of a chance to win a prize. Yeah, we'll encourage the uh, continuing support of the league and playing, you're putting your team in, so you don't have to be great to get something here. Maybe you'll get something this week, mate. It may be, but uh, <laughs> if I if, if I get anything, uh, I will be forwarding, forwarding that prize on. Oh, okay. Nice work. Sure, sure. All right. So, yeah, 41st this week, we'll win a set of Bolt um, Everywhere MX gloves. Um, so, we'll put that out on the socials channels here very shortly. Um, but yeah, thanks to those fantasy sponsors. Thanks to all you guys and girls out there for playing. Now, remember... You have to have emailed fantasy at alwaysmoto.com to be eligible for the prizes. You have to be following all those fantasy sponsors on their social channels, either Instagram or Facebook, whatever works for you, whichever is your preferred method. We have had some issues with the last two rounds with getting in touch with people. Um, We have got an email from our round, uh, what was that, round 11 winner. Um, but haven't responded to us when we've replied to them. So please check your email and you are actually running, I think that was uh, R. Jones something. What's the number for that one? I'll quickly pull that up, the the username uh, here very quickly because they are leading the, well, not leading our series. but They're third. The third. They're third. R. Jones 23. Now, you won the prize at round 11, I think it was. And if you want to be eligible for the overall prize, you need to follow up on that email because otherwise there'll be nothing when that comes around. And then for mm-hmm. our uh, prize winner this week, we've heard absolutely crickets from. So we're actually going to pass that prize on to the person who tied for that position with points. Um, and that will be through to, and I can't remember his name on here, but he's in our group chat. Um, so we'll be getting in touch with him over that prize. Uh, we'll be passing it along to him. So um, this is what happens if you don't play by the rules, you miss out on your prize. So you have 48 hours from when I put up the post to say you got the position. You need to email fantasy at alwaysmoto.com to claim it. Um, and that's how we go with the prizes. So if you haven't done it, you miss out. Tough luck. 
<laughs> All right. That's our Fantasy League section for this week's show. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Devin Harriman. I'm number 97. And I've been racing Supercross in the States and I will be racing some outdoors. All right, guys and girls, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening to that short little break introduction there from our rider that we get every time we do an interview with these guys here on the Always Moto podcast. Let's jump into the emergency department for this week coming up at Atlanta. The emergency department. All the injuries, all the gory details, and when they'll be back on track. It's the list you really don't want to be on. You do not want to be on this list. I say it every single week. And it just makes it even more so important when we see things that happen to like Christian Craig on the weekend. That was a painful day for Christian, unfortunately. And we'll get to that here in a second. But yeah, you don't want to be on this list. All right, things to note coming into this uh, emergency department today. Uh, Bubba Pauly and that thumb injury of his, it looks like as per the recent updates on his Instagram, which we've got to check in with him a bit further on this, but it looks like that tip... The reattachment of the thumb tip has failed um, and he's had to have that amputated. It's been all skin graft over by the looks of it. Um, so hopefully we'll check in him on him very shortly, but it looks like that's going to be um, a bit of a different recovery for him now than he was probably hoping for initially. But it'll still work out in the end. He'll just be missing that tip of his thumb, which is unfortunate because the thumb, as most people know, is rather important in life. But anyway, he'll make it, make the best of it. He won't be the first. Um, Jesse Nelson was one that ran without it as well. Um, he'll probably have uh, something similar going on there to try and get back on the bike maybe later this year. We'll see how it works out. Update on Seth Hamaker. He is back uh, very soon riding uh, and he will be aiming to return for outdoors. There'll be no Supercross this year for Seth Hamaker, unfortunately, from that Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. Uh, but we look to see him back on track at round one at Parlour. Marvin Muskan is still in a brace. Yes, that's right. You heard it here. He's still in a brace. That scaphoid fracture that needed to heal naturally, uh, which obviously will take longer because you can't put it back together and you know join it up and glue it and put the bone grafting or the the. They've now got um, synthetic bone graft material that they could have injected in there. Um, none of that was able to be done because of old injuries in that area. So he's had to do it naturally, and obviously that's taking a long time. But as of the KDM headquarter opening that they had the other week, he is still in a brace. So that's taken quite a long time, and I, that means he is definitely not making it back for any Supercross in 2023, which is unfortunate because I'm not sure what he's doing next year. That might have been his last season. We'll have to wait and see. Garrett Mark Garrett Garrett Marchbanks is back finally. He's riding, which is great. He missed the, he's missed all of Supercross so far with that uh, arm injury. He had to have the he actually went down the route that we we're talking about not recent uh, not too recently ago about the removal of the plates and screws where most of these guys don't have the time to do it. Garrett's taken that option to take them out, and that's what's taken this um, arm fracture so long for him to get back from. There is a talk that he might be back for a few of the Supercross remaining. Maybe even from this weekend. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I haven't seen anything posted from Glob MX or Garrett, and I've reached out to both and nothing at this stage. Uh, we're obviously recording this a few days out from the weekend, so maybe it hasn't been decided yet. But at this stage, Garrett Marchbanks might be back for some Supercross just here shortly. We'll have to wait and see. As per usual, no information on Michael Moseman. It continues... Uh, I don't know what he's doing, but he's definitely not on the super on the on the social media channels at this point in time. We think he's going to be out this weekend again, but it wouldn't surprise me if he rolled onto the start line either. So, have to wait and see. But Michael Moseman potentially out this weekend as well. 
All right, now the injuries from uh, from Glendale. It was a bit of a rough and tumble weekend, unfortunately. A couple of big ones. Obviously, Christian Craig was our it was our biggest one in that practice session early in the day. The number twenty eight on that Rockstar Energy Husqvarna racing went down in the whoops, as we spoke about earlier in the show here with the contractor. He's managed to dislocate an elbow and dislocate a hip. Now, both of those injuries, dislocations are terrible anyway. They're painful. They take a lot of pressure to make the joint come out. So there's a lot of impact that goes through that. And that obviously causes a lot of trauma, but pain. Now, to dislocate your hip and to dislocate your elbow, they're said to be the two hardest bones, uh, two hardest joints to dislocate in the body. He had them happen both at once. That's got to be the most painful thing ever. And if you watch his vlog that is out now, I've watched it earlier today, he's laying on the track and it's quite uncomfortable to watch, but he is in visible pain. He's moaning. Um, he's not in a good way at that point when it happened. And I can understand why that would be a very uncomfortable situation for him. Now, the only thing that he can hope for, and I believe he's got surgery coming up here, not not straight away but in a few weeks and i'll get to that in a sec but the hip ideally hopefully goes back in and same with the elbow went back in easily but there might be some i think there's some breaks to these areas as well just yet Uh, i believe it's the elbow that's got a little break with it which is unfortunate but hopefully the hip's gone back in without any other drama to the to the cup or to the humeral head or the the femoral head i should say um so i have to keep an eye on that but that's about a six to eight week recovery just on the dislocation of the hip, the dislocated elbow, if he does have to have surgery, which they'll talk in the vlog about, is that he has to wait a week or so for the swelling of the elbow to go down before they'll operate on that. Now, that's a normal normal case scenario. If there's too much swelling, they won't operate because obviously when they cut you open, they create more swelling and they don't want to then create an issue with compartment syndrome um, or other risk factors for infection, etc. So they will let that come down before they reopen that up. Now, depending on how long that takes, that could be a week, that could be two or three. It's all just dependent on how the recovery process goes for Christian in these early stages and if that recovery of the swelling happens quickly or not. Now, swelling isn't a bad thing. Everybody tells you that you've got to get that swelling down. Swelling is the body's natural response to an injury and it's put there to protect the area and to provide nutrient to the area to help regenerate and recover the injury. It's a necessary evil. If you reduce that swelling too quickly, you'll risk further issues with um, poor rehab as such, poor recovery. It won't. It just won't work the same way. The, the swelling needs to be there to some, to some extent and you can't force it out any quicker than the body will want to. So that if you do do something like a lot of uh, swelling management in the first 24 to 48 hours from a big injury, you can risk having that swelling reappear later down the track at some random point in time um, that really impacts your recovery later. So it's a tight walk to rope, uh, tight walk, walk to rope. That was a great line, David. It's a tight rope to walk, tight line, tight walk. I'm stuck on my words. Anyway, you're getting the point. It's hard to figure it out. You've got to do enough of the swelling management, but not too much of it. So he'll be doing that to try and get that down so that he can get that surgery done. But that will then be about an eight or so week, eight to 12 week recovery from that elbow issue with that surgery. So we're potentially not going to see him until mid to late outdoors, um, which is unfortunate. But that's how the cookie crumbles in moto. Hashtag injuries are a part of moto. 
Next on the injury list, Styles Robinson, the number 40 star racing Yamaha, went down in that first Triple Crown race. Nobody even saw him down, unfortunately, from the coverage, but you saw about three bikes run over the top of him. And unfortunately, that's meant that he has a lower, right lower leg injury. He's got a tib-fib fracture and he's going for surgery. Um, unfortunately for Styles, that will mean the end of Supercross. It's about an 8- to 12-week recovery for that injury. Uh, so he will, again, be somewhere mid to late outdoors as well before he will be back on the bike. Hayden Melros, our Aussie, the privateer that went over, he was rocking the 105 on the KTM, was looking really good to be making it straight into the, the Triple Crown events. Unfortunately, on one of his hot laps, he went down in that rhythm section and straight away just pointed to his leg, and we all knew that was the end of it, unfortunately. Now, I've been in touch with Hayden. Uh, he hasn't given me the details. He didn't know them at that point, unfortunately. But it seems like he's having some work done on that right ankle area. Um, we're hoping to be able to bring you some more information on that here soon. We were actually going to have an interview with Hayden this week. And it's why we don't have an interview in this uh, episode of the Always Moto podcast was because we're going to talk to him after his Glendale results and about what he's planning to do for the rest of the Supercross season. Unfortunately, got injured and that sort of threw a spanner in our, in our plans. So hopefully we'll catch up with him here shortly. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, it means no interview this week. So we'll catch up with Hayden here very soon and find out a bit more details from him. That injury, but depending on the severity and information he gets, that means his Supercross for the AMA stuff is over for him. And he may then have to wait. He might be doing something with WSX. I don't know for sure. But at worst, he'll be back for the Australian Supercross series later in the year. Now, Luke Kalitsian, uh, I'm not sure on the pronunciation there, Luke, I apologise for that, but he's a privateer. He was involved in that crash with Styles Robinson. Um, he got away pretty easily, but he did mention that he had a toe fracture, which, look, on the scale of things is pretty minor. He could ride through that if he needed to, but luckily West has a couple of weeks off, so he might be back for that round that's a west east-west at MetLife or the next round, which would be Denver. So we'll have to see how he goes, but he should be fine. Little bit of an update, not from Glendale, but uh, happened just prior to Glendale. It was that Cameron McAdoo, another pro circuit rider going down that we spoke about last week. We didn't know the details at the time of the shoulder injury. We do now. It was a dislocated shoulder, a right shoulder, and a torn labrum. Now, the labrum is what helps hold that humerus head into the into the joint. It's the suction cap as such. So he's had to have that repaired, um, similar to what I've had done myself recently. And he will actually be out for about 8 to 12 weeks while he rehabs that shoulder. Again, this is going to put him into mid to late outdoors at best for, before he's back returning to the races, which is unfortunate for Cameron. Cameron's had a rough trot here recently in the last few years with injuries. Um, and he's always seen to miss a chunk of time with each one of them. Hopefully he can get this shoulder right quickly uh, and make some impact here late in the season of 2023. Cade Clayson, um, just a quick update. I can't remember exactly what we said in the last episode, but we've got the information here again, so we'll just say it now. Um, Midweek before Glendale, broken rib, punctured lung, um, missed Glendale. Not sure what his plans are for this weekend. There's been no further communication from Cade about that. Hopefully we see him um, either this week or next Um We'll have to just wait and see when he gets on track, whether he's there for Atlanta or if he's back for MetLife. But it's all pain dependent with that one and whether he has any aerobic capacity and the lung itself is um is able to function as normal because that's what's going to hamper him the most. The rib will be painful, but you can get by. Um, but the lung puncture, the punctured lung itself is what's going to hamper him, you know, when he's trying to do aerobic activity, which is what he's going to do as soon as he gets on the bike. So have to see how that goes as to when he gets back on the bike. 
now making returns this week at Atlanta. It'll be the first Supercross race for 2023 for Joe Shimoda. He's finally back on that pro circuit, Kawasaki. He had that broken collarbone in late January, basically right before the start of the East Coast Series, uh, and he's been out ever since. But he is making his return this weekend at Atlanta. So great to see that he is back and coming back for only a couple of rounds. It means that he has uh, is getting some of those points for that Super Motocross Series qualifications as needed for the end of the year. So that's awesome for Joe, and it's awesome. Good timing for the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team as they lost McAdoo last week. All right, another one returning this week is Corey Carson. It's a privateer on the Suzuki. He also broke his collarbone earlier in the year. He's had surgery and he is now back ready to go. So he'll be back at Atlanta, which is awesome. And we've also checked in with Robert Haley, who dislocated his shoulder two weeks ago. Um, but he is back on the bike and ready to go for Atlanta. So that's awesome news for Robert as well. He's a privateer on a Yamaha 296, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, good to see that Robert is back as well. So a couple of riders making their way back for the East Coast 250 class. Um, none that I'm aware of at this point for the 450 class. But as always, put this information in the back of your mind. Check on our socials at closer to the race day. We'll have more updates if we find out stuff in time beforehand to help you with your fantasy picks, to help you understand if your favorite rider will be back on track or not. All right, let's take a quick break here on the Always Moto podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Scott Mashey, number 411, and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto podcast. We're going to jump straight into our weekly product inspection highlight. And this week's highlight is on the Rip Clear Australia Universal Goggle Protection Systems. Now, these are just like a phone screen protector, but they're for your goggles. Now, your goggle lenses can be scratched basically at any time. When you're changing them, you can scratch them. When you're cleaning them, if you somehow manage to push a bit of the dirt around on it, you'll scratch it. Or even when you just get roosted in the face, every single time that those things happen, you're basically scratching the lens. But with these rip clear lens protectors, you're reducing that risk of scratches. And if they do mark, they can be easily replaced. And they're much cheaper than changing a lens every time that happens. Now, lenses these days are running from $45 and up. And some of them, in, if you're in the Oakley ranges, are nearly 100 bucks for a lens. So these RipClear Universal Packs for Moto are a two-pack system and they're only $34. So they're saving you a fair bit, but they're also giving the protection you need so that you can have you keep your goggles vision clear. Now, when you have these on your goggles properly, you can't even see that they're on there. They're that clear, you won't notice them at all. So they're awesome to do. Now, if you haven't already, you should check out our YouTube channel. We've got an installation video up on there. And while you're there, you should subscribe to our YouTube but check out the video, check out this product. The show links, uh, the links to their pages are in the show notes. It's a great product from Rip Clear Australia. I highly recommend that you use them and uh, just stop getting scratches on your goggles, guys. It's, it's easy. Use Rip Clear Australia. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Always Moto podcast and we'll be back with a Dave's Diatribe. Hi there, my name is Eldon Baker and I'm from the Baker's Factory and you're listening to Always Moto. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around. Let's get into a Dave's diatribe. Now, let's see if I can get this right here. This is Dave's diatribe. What's a diatribe? A diatribe is a forceful and bitter attack against someone or something. So keep your head down. You might be next. You could be next. That's what happens with these Dave's diatribe. Anybody and anything, it seems to go... Anything that we get annoyed by, notice, whatever, we're going to have a go at it. Now, the, I've got two here. One's a short one. It's on the dig dugs. 
when Hayden Melros went down, and I'm sure all of you are watching that coverage there on Race Day Live, they showed the Dig Dug picking up his bike and pushing it off the track, which is awesome. Great. No, no, no issues there. My issue is that when he was pushing it off, at one point I noticed that the back wheel locks up. And then I realized that he's pushing the bike by holding the clutch in to drag it off the, off the, off the track. Wouldn't you kick it in the neutral? Make your life a thousand times easier? Surely if he's a dig dug, he knows that these bikes have gears and he's, he obviously knows that the clutch is making it roll. So if you click that little shifter down on the left foot, it might take it in the neutral and away we go at a lot easier pace. But that's just the small diatribe for this week. My other diatribe. I've got a bit of a, a bit of a bad feeling about things at the minute. I've got all this injury data going around that we that I'm collecting over the years, right? And this year there seems to be a lot of decent injuries happening regularly. We're we're sort of many look, we're probably about six or so injuries around at this point in time, which is a lot, right? We're running out of guys left, right, and center. It happens every year, but this year it seems to be a lot worse. The higher higher end guys are seem to be managing okay in the four fifty class. Not so much the 250 class, as you would see by the Pro Circuit Kawasaki guys. But my issue is with the our gear. It's with our gear. I don't feel that our riders are being protected well enough. I feel that our gear hasn't progressed anywhere near as much as the motorcycles or the track designs or the equipment building the tracks. I just don't feel it's up to scratch. We've got guys going faster than they've ever gone before, jumping further than they've ever before. And they're still basically running the same ideas, same concepts of ideas in their protection gear as they were a few years back. Now, if anything, the riding pants and jersey and gloves have gotten less protective over the years because they're now stretch materials. They're all thin and light. So in terms of scratches and grazes and cuts, your gear ain't stopping none of it. it. You might as well be in mountain bike lycra. In terms of the knee braces and boots and and helmets, they're not bad. I'm not going too hard on them, but they could all be better because we're seeing lots of tib-piv fractures. Um, we obviously see lots of ACLs. Now, for anyone who doesn't realize, a knee brace isn't stopping an ACL. Nothing's stopping an ACL going. But I feel that they could be better still to protect more of the knee, um, you know. There's just better things that could be happening there. The helmet, obviously, there's so many concussions in our sport, it's not funny. Now, despite the fact we have people like 6D and Fly Formulas um, and even the Fox helmets with their MIPS, all of these things are great, but I don't feel that they have actually really made a significant change or at least kept up with the speed that we are now travelling. They might have improved the actual helmet themselves from that model that doesn't have MIPS to the one that does. But in the comparison of that model of helmet versus the progressions of how fast the bikes and the tracks and stuff, it's not comparable in my eyes. This is my opinion. So I want to see these brands of gear putting more effort into building better gear that's going to protect our riders and keep more of our riders on track for longer. And even if that's something like as simple as everyone is mandated to wear a chest protector, which lots of them do, but it's not actually official. In MXGP it is, but not in the AMA as far as I'm aware. Something as simple as that, maybe even something as simple as they all need to wear elbow pads to prevent elbow scratches or something. 
if you have to wear, if they all have to wear it, they all have to customize to it. They're all going to be there better off, you know, less injured. Sure, they might have to deal with some some arm pump issues or something along those lines. But fuck it, you you're going to stay on track and earn some more money, aren't you? So you learn to ride with it. I know I have. I learned to ride with lots of things, protection wise. One because I don't want to get hurt, but two because I've had to from other injuries. So you work around it. But I just want to see these companies build better gear. And at this stage, I don't see it happening, which is disappointing. And that's my diatribe. That's my main diatribe this week. All right, guys and girls, I think that's enough of a winch for now. Let's wrap up this Always Moto podcast, episode 56. Thanks for listening. It's another great show. Unfortunately, like I said, no interview this week. Um, we sort of mess, missed out because of the injury to Hayden Melros. We were going to have him on the show, which we'll hopefully get to him here shortly. But don't forget to send in those T-shirt orders to info at alwaysmoto.com. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things injury and moto. Search Always Moto and then follow and subscribe. And that's on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever else you can think about it. We're probably there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. And if your app allows, when this is over, leave us a rating. Please leave us a rating. It means the world to me. Don't forget you can check out all of our written articles over on fullnoise.com.au and we'll soon have some additional content coming here as soon as we get this page working ourselves at alwaysmoto.com. But that's it for another show. Thanks to, the, thanks to the sponsors of the show, Slamboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots, and Tech 167 3D Printing for the show support. Thanks to those Fantasy League sponsors as well, Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia, and Bolt Everywhere. Thanks to the Always Motor Contractor. Thanks to you guys and girls out there for listening. And remember, you need to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department. Maybe even the clinic having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick.